The inspector put away his pocket watch, gave a huff, and started to pace. Time was of the essence, but apparently not to everyone. Where is he? The inspector barked at a somewhat nervous, bespeckled man, also looking at his watch. He should be here any minute. This is most peculiar. He never runs this late, he said, lying as best he could. Well, if he isn't here in one more minute, consider your services terminated. There's a madman on the loose, and every minute that we sit here dawdling for the expert, he's free to find another victim, he shouted, pointing at the corpse draped with white linen. <laughs> Next to it. <laughs> Next to it, ashen-faced, was a woman with a blood-smirched wedding dress. <coughs> the inspector walked gingerly toward her and knelt down. Miss Bellingham? He said. No response. Miss Bellingham, he said a little more forcefully. She looked at him apologetically. I'm sorry, she said. I was just thinking. About what, ma'am? said the inspector. <coughs> I need to contact our friends in Bavaria, she said. Bavaria, ma'am, said the bespeckled man. She jumped, as if she had just become aware of his presence. <coughs> yes. I I'm sorry. Are you with the police? she asked. <laughs> Not exactly, said the man. Not at all, said the inspector, who began to pace again. My apologies, I have not introduced myself. I am Dr. Watson. <laughs> oh my God. He did it. My partner and I what help the authorities happened? on certain cases as needed. <laughs> my partner and I help the authorities on certain cases as needed. And at our discretion, interjected the inspector. Yes, of course, said Dr. Watson. You mentioned Bavaria, he said. Yes, said Miss Bellingham. We were going to visit our friends in Bavaria for our honeymoon. Her voice trailed off. She began to weep, deep sobs coming from her, the reality of her husband's murder fully breaking upon her. Dr. Watson handed her a handkerchief. I am truly sorry for your loss, Miss Bellingham. I will refrain from empty words or platitudes. I know they can do nothing to assuage the grief of the love lost. But I promise you this. Miss Bellingham looked up at the doctor. As sure as he broke the Undertaker's streak at <laughs> WrestleMania 30, sure Brock Holmes will not rest until your husband's killer is brought to justice. Okay. Finally. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> I wrote that like 15 minutes before we met <laughs> for this podcast. Dude, I'm so happy you did that. <laughs> did you have that idea? So I wanted Sherbrock home so bad. I just, I couldn't make it make sense. I can't wait for the question. Because the only thing I could think oh. of is... I don't just him beating up Moriarty, and that wasn't really that interesting. That's Brock ten times out of ten. All right, we are back again in the Brocktagon by way of Big Ben, London Town. <laughs> sure, Brock Holmes and his good assistant Doctor Watson are out solving cases, solving crimes, and I guess, fellas, the the question that I have to put forth for you is: 
Given the intellectual acumen of Sherlock Holmes, is Brock Lesnar a better detective than Sherlock Holmes? That's an excellent question. My instinct is he better? My my instinct would be yes. Yeah, I think he is better. Because yeah. the first thing I thought of you is think... like all the disguises and stuff that he uses to be sneaky, <laughs> and especially how uh-huh. small people would have been in Victorian London, but mm. I don't know. I, I think he could find a way to still blend in despite being a hulking monster of a man. I like the idea of him just trying to blend into the crowd. But <laughs> he's like six inches taller than everybody else and 350 pounds. It's just Brock. But he's wearing a mustache. Exactly. <laughs> he's just shirtless in his UFC trunks wearing a monocle. Just trying to... <laughs> sipping on a tea. I keep having to disguise myself as a wheelbarrow full of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I found some success disguising myself as a very small barn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. What's this barn doing out in the middle of the street? I don't know. <laughs> William, did you get a new shed? <laughs> no, why? Sherlock Holmes is here! <laughs> <laughs> the telltale side. What is that sound? Is that music that I hear? No. No, it is Sherbrock Holmes smashing his violins. <laughs> <laughs> He's just upstairs with like a deep depression from the morphine, just breaking them in half <laughs> one by one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgot about the drug addiction. I think that's I think that's part of why it goes as well, is it's gonna take way more drugs for him to get hooked. So hopefully it becomes less of an issue. <laughs> it takes longer. Oh. Off the top of my head, I think the Hound of the Baskervilles mystery gets solved a lot faster. Yeah. That's kind of a wild story. They basically just, like, it's it might be the first Scooby-Doo, now that I think of it. Like, they're trying to scare <laughs> some people off a piece of property. So they rub a bunch uh-huh. of Vaseline on a dog and set it on fire and run it out there at Scotland Yards <laughs> like, this is beyond us. So Sherlock comes. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock goes out of... He does math or something and deduces it's just a Vaseline dog. (laughs) I think sure Brock Holmes just kills it. They're like, look out, it is the Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, sure Brock, he's killed the Hound of the Baskervilles. Or do you think, like, because he's so huge, he has the ability to just interrogate a confession out of the guilty person? No, that goes the wrong way. What? Because a bunch of innocent people are going to be saying, like, yeah, it was me. Just uh, stop. Please stop. No. <laughs> stop. But, but he's he's Sherbrock Holmes, so he knows if they're lying. I still think he's going to, like, even if he finds the guilty people, he's just going to kill them, taking them into custody by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I think his beef with Moriarty gets settled a lot sooner, though. Like, he just goes. He, Moriarty's a professor, right? So he just, like, goes <laughs> yeah. outside of his office. Just no shirt, just trunks and that classic hat. And he just stands there looking in his window, just staring at him. And that's like five fewer short stories. I don't think Moriarty messes with him after that. What is what is the address for Sherlock Holmes? Where does he live? Uh, like 221 like. Baker Street. It's just a modern <laughs> UFC gym in the middle of Victorian England. <laughs> Watching the inspector come in. It's like working the bag. I say, most amusing experiment. When I hit this bag, it flies uncontrollably off its hinges. (laughs) I remember an experiment where, like, he has a bunch of, like, flies in a jar. And when he plays 
like a certain scale on the violin, they like all fly in one direction or something. Sherbrooke just has all the flies of the jar. And when he looks at them, they all just like fly to the other side of the jar. <laughs> Watson, take a look at this. I flex my pecs at these flies and they try to escape. This one's actually making a dent in the glass. <laughs> yeah, Sean, you've you've read all of the Sherlock Holmes I think I have. stories, haven't I, you? I might have one of the novels still left to do, but I think I did all the short stories. Uh, one of them is maybe my favorite piece of old literature ever. There's so this guy comes to Sherlock Holmes and he shows him a letter that he's being threatened. I'm not kidding. By the KKK back in America. Yeah. And they're oh, like, you told me we're coming this. to kill you, pal. You better watch out. The KKK is going to F you up. Sincerely, uh, you know, racist Billy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> racist. And he's like, oh, you got to help me, Sherlock Holmes. The KKK is catching a boat from Arkansas. They're going to come throw me into the Thames or whatever. <laughs> catching a boat from Arkansas. <laughs> and so Sherlock Holmes is like, don't worry, we'll figure this out. And then, like, they never show up. And the guy's like, I guess I'm good. And the Sherlock Holmes is like, hey, I did some back digging. Turns out uh, their boat sank and they all died. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole short story. Another case solved. <laughs> I don't know how Sherlock somehow, like, gets that in the wind column. He didn't even do anything. But, you know what I like? The moral of this story is... Just make sure your boats are seaworthy. Yeah. <laughs> All the bigotry in the world can't save you from the open seas. I like to think that, see, that story, it makes sense for Sherbrock Holmes because he could have caused the boat to sink. He swam out to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, punched a hole in it, and then like swam back. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> I gave that ocean a mean right hook. <laughs> I, I, I solved it. Wait. Wait, did you mean the boat? He punches the boat. No, it's too late. I heard, it's too late. I heard he punched the ocean. He punches the ocean? <laughs> he punched the ocean and the boat. And thereby causing it. a whirlpool, <laughs> sucking the boat down. <laughs> What's the name of the bridge that goes over London? Or like through London? The London, L- London Bridge. Is it just called that? There's a song. <laughs> oh, okay. Children's songs are just suddenly like geographic indicators. All right, fine. Well, he just like stands on that with a cannonball, just waiting for the first <laughs> the first boat to come into view. He just spies. Hey, Bam. are you guys racist? <laughs> I say what? What does that flag out there say? Don't tread on me. Fire away. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got them all ready to confess. They're all locked up. Where are they locked up, Sherbrock? Oh, they're locked up in the ship. Didn't the ship sink? (laughs) I know it. What's the one where at the end, he and Moriarty are like fighting on the edge of that cliff and they pay homage to this in the movies too, Aaron, where they're like, like going back and forth on the edge. And then Sherlock Holmes Uh is like, I've deduced the only way to rid the world of this menace is to throw us both over and hope I survive. Sherlock's just throwing Moriarty in like the second chapter. (laughs) <laughs> like wherever they are he's just throwing him into a body of water however far away that may be Moriarty sat sipping his tea outside the Chateau Leblanc <laughs> ah Sherbrock good to see you seems that you what are you doing <laughs> yeah I threw him into the Thames isn't that like 
10 kilometers away. What's a kilometer? Another col- case <laughs> solved. <laughs> it's just how every book ends. Brock, <laughs> sure, Brock just finds who he perceives to be guilty, throws him in the tapes from any distance, goes home, <laughs> starts breaking his violins, has a protein shake and some heroin, and goes to bed. <laughs> That's just every time. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's coming every time. <laughs> it's still satisfying. Oh, man. Have we answered the core question of is Sherbrock more competent? So is he more competent or more effective? What, what, what's the difference between competency and effectiveness? Competency, like like Sherbrock, as we're describing it, doesn't sound competent. He's just throwing no. dudes in the oh, flames okay, okay. and declaring victory. <laughs> yeah. don't want to tell many different. <laughs> I guess afraid. the question I put forth is like, what what is his uh, what is his success rate? I guess that can mean different things to different people. <laughs> for for Dude, sh- in his own mind, he's undefeated. For Sherbrock, it's like a hundred percent. For the higher court of Great Britain, it's probably one percent. <laughs> I love the idea that he just keeps throwing innocent people in the Thames, but Scotland Yard won't do anything. <laughs> like, oh, thank you, Sherbrock. Our hero. Another, you, you've cracked the case again. <laughs> He's just built a dam of criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Sherbrock, why do you why do you keep throwing people into the water, into the Thames? Uh, if they're guilty, they'll sink. <laughs> <laughs> Are you equating criminals with witches? <laughs> what? I guess. That's, that's how Australia was formed. All Brock just kept throwing guilty dudes into the ocean. They just washed up. I remember the part in the first one where uh, they're, he's like in that fighting ring or whatever. Oh, He's are you, fighting the dude. Where he like plans and, uh, out all of his moves. Yeah, and he's like, he gets hit once real good, and he's like, okay, I gotta end this now. And then he does it all. Sure, Brock Holmes just does the same thing. So, like, when Robert Downey Jr.'s <laughs> in that fight, and he's like, block haymaker, left hook, discombobulate, go for the eyes. Sure, Brock is, like, in a library, like, tracking the clues, and he's just like, block haymaker, left hook, discombobulate, go for the eyes, and just punches the closest person to him. I, th- I think, I think Sure, Brock, his slow motion sequence is just like, punch him in the body, then punch him in the body. <laughs> And then give him a real good punch in the body. Pick him up, throw him in the tames. <laughs> he only has one fighting sequence. One of the cases would be like the Scotland Yard saying, Brock, Brock, you got to help us. There's a bunch of dead bodies in the river. <laughs> like they finally figure out what he's been doing this entire time. <laughs> I know now what I must do. <laughs> Sailor dives into the tank. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say he, he throws himself into no, the No, no, he throws the entire Scotland Yard in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> so to actually answer the question, which is is he more effective? Mm. I think he is. Because even if he's wrong, I'm still not doing crime if I have to worry about <laughs> Sherbrock Holmes tossing me in a river. He's I mean, uh... I have to worry about it even if I don't do crime. So I'm not gonna make my odds any worse. Wasn't there something? Do you guys remember there being a thing in Sherlock where a guy uses a mind palace to remember all the information about like who he killed yeah. or something? Yeah, I do not remember that one. It's in the it's in the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Show. Yeah, 
Oh, I was thinking like that bad guy. If, if it was Morty Artie or whoever it was, like he's like walking through his mind palace and he just hears footsteps behind him. <laughs> <laughs> he just hears that like Brock Lesnar theme song guitar riff. <laughs> oh, what is that? All right. So to recap, I think he's better because A, the Moriarty rivalry is way shorter. Sure, Brock can just kill him whenever he wants. Yeah. B, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I still, well, I still yeah, take sure, Brock. Yeah. The, this question yep. is, hey, if you made Sherlock Holmes really strong, would it be better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure, Brock. Someone has stolen the queen's jewels. All right, gather the guards. They like bring everybody in. He's just like, which one of you punks took the jewels? <laughs> one guy's, I am. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sure, Brock. Every man raises his hand. It was, it, was, it was me, not me. In that way, he's the opposite of Sherlock, in that everyone pretends to be guilty to appease him. He has a five hundred percent success rate. <laughs> he he looks at he looks at all the guards and he's like, "Why do you all have the same haircut? And why is your hair so tall?" <laughs> he's like the only guy that can get him to break or react. It's the Buckingham Palace guys, right? He just walks by the Royal Guard. Yeah. Get out of my way. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, what if he was a member of the Royal Family? Like everything was as it is now, but Meghan Markle had married Prince Brock Lesnar instead. Lord Lesnar. <laughs> I think if you added him to the Royal Family, all of the colonies, all, all of the places that they've taken over would be like, hey, we want to join again. <laughs> Australia's back in, baby. Our bad. Our bad. Let's do the let's do the taxation thing. We do not need representation. We didn't realize how cool this was gonna get. <laughs> hey, we're sorry about the tea thing. That was not us, but we're we're sorry. Uh that would probably be the end of all the mean tabloid pieces. <laughs> like he would never have to worry about that again. Like the Daily Mail every day would be like, top story. Prince Brock Lesnar looks nice today, sir. Please, <laughs> please don't come back to our office. Please if leave us alone. If he's a member of the royal family, then yeah, it is a little bit of like, Lord Cheltingham has been mm, causing a muck. Send Brock to him. <laughs> just the <laughs> royal enforcer. All the keep calm and carry on posters would just say like, keep calm or else. <laughs> <laughs> Man, imagine if Brock Lesnar had been a member of the royal family during World War II. We're going to fly a plane over Germany. I'm going to airdrop into it. I'm going to take care of this. This is just the first Avenger. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Does he have a super soldier serum? No. Just, just a protein shake. Like during the air raids when they turned all the lights off. They would turn all their house lights off, but just have like one spotlight on Brock <laughs> looking at the planes. <laughs> he's like, he's punching bombs. <laughs> bam, bam. He's punching them back over. He's punching them into the teams. He's just standing there with like anti aircraft artillery, just throwing them. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, yeah. Uh, there are those posters just have a picture of Brock's face on it. It just says, I said, keep calm. <laughs> keep calm and carry on. I said, keep calm. Why are you crying? I see you. <laughs> In history class, 
they would have taught us about the Axis versus Brock and Friends. <laughs> Brock and Friends. Instead of the big three powers, it's the big nine. There's three powers that each one of Brock's abs just counts as its own power. How about this? I actually had this mapped out as like another Brock to God question, but screw it. Let's just go in. Manchester United signs Brock Lesnar. <laughs> they agree to play with five fewer players, and Brock doesn't... <laughs> He's their entire defensive wall. He doesn't have to follow any of the rules of soccer. <laughs> Can Manchester United become the best team in Premier League with five fewer players, but Brock Lesnar under contract with... <laughs> And he does not have to obey the rules of soccer at all. 100% yes. <laughs> He's ending more soccer careers. <laughs> I agree. Uh, David Beckham with a beautiful cross to midfield. And what's this? David Beckham has been thrown into the Thames. <laughs> 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 it's a stunning defeat for Manchester United. They've fallen down 2-1. Hold on now, what's this? Brock Lesnar's appears to be threatening the scorekeeper with a steel chair. <laughs> I, hold on. Manchester United wins 40 to nothing. 40 to nothing. <laughs> uh, Mercy rolled up. In a stunning upset, Brock Lesnar has kicked the, the football through the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> and the officials say it counts. He just like, he goes back to their own goal and just bends it shut. <laughs> <laughs> the goalie's trapped inside, but he's too afraid to say anything. Uh, good, good, good play, Rock. Good job, Rock. <laughs> that was really nice. You're right. You're right. I'm not hurt. <laughs> like halfway through, he starts thinking that it's dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no rules, right? I didn't even he think starts that. I was just thinking about Brock, like, just running up and like, Putting Lionel Messi in a neck hold or something. <laughs> Him just grabbing the ball and running into the net is so much better. I don't think Brock ever catches a player. These guys, these guys are the most well conditioned people in the world. They they can run faster than anybody. Uh, I don't know, man. Are other players allowed to like bring opponents to Brock? <laughs> just grab him by the <laughs> arms just and drag, drag him, him over. Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's five fewer players. I think it's genuinely a good question. Like, assuming... Alright, how about this? He still has to kick the ball, but he can physically hurt anyone that he wants if he can put his hands on them, except the goalie. <laughs> five fewer players. And, I mean, how many guys get fielded in a soccer match? Eleven. Eleven? At least in my middle school. Good enough. That's probably the rules of Premier League. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, uh... The other players on Brock's team can shepherd the other yeah, yeah, players yeah, to him. Like yeah. Dogs. yeah. I think about it. When the field closes in and everybody kind of crashes the net to try to get a chance to score, well, now you got to be close to Brock and he's probably going to kill someone. So <laughs> you're shooting from a lot further away. Like those corner kicks, Brock could kill your whole team in a corner kick. Oh, no. you got to get out of there quickly. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. That's a great, because they're all kind of corralled around the goal anyways. You have to be over there. Are you willing to risk life and limb to score a goal? I don't think you are. I think the other team strays no. away from corners. I have a question. Is Brock allowed to throw the ball into the opponent's net? 
or is I it... thought for sure you were going to ask if he's allowed to throw the ball into the dames. <laughs> <laughs> no, no he, he's not. Ha- yet, he's not. He, he has to kick it. He still has to respect the rules of soccer insofar as he must kick the ball and he cannot hurt the goalie. But besides that, he's free to just roam free and just beat up the other players. How many out of 10, how many times does Brock Chester United win? Uh, Lesnar United, I think, wins <laughs> 6 out of 10. Hold on. Lesnar Pool. <laughs> Brockingham. <laughs> Brockingham Hotspur. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking now about how big the other team's bench would have to be. Because Brock just keeps killing all the other players. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool signs like Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Dave Batista. A big offseason for Crystal Palace. You got the rights to John Cena. <laughs> well, that does it for another episode of the Broctagon. Thanks for joining us. Join us next week. We've got the one and only NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon coming on the show. He is here to promote his new book. I'm really excited for this. It's called Good Speed, Bad Speed, My Journey in Community Service, and How I Learned to Respect School Zones. We'll see you next time.